We're going to turn to the Scriptures, and this portion of Scripture, I'm sure almost every one of us will know some of it, if not all of it. It must be one of the most read and widely known portions of Scripture. John chapter 3. Let's turn, if you have your Bible with you, to John's Gospel, chapter 3. Beginning to read at verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, Verily I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily I say unto thee, except a man be born of water, And of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof. But they canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know. And testify what we have seen. And ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things. And you believe not. How shall you believe. If I tell you of heavenly things. And no man hath ascended up to heaven. But he that came down from heaven. Even the son of man. Which is in heaven. Will you bow your head with me and let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you again for the reading of your own precious word in public. We thank you, Lord, that we still have this liberty and freedom to do so. But now we pray, Lord, that your spirit would move upon each and every heart to refresh those of us who are saved in the glories of Christ, to strengthen the weak and to lift up those who are dying to heal the sick and to restore those who are wayward, to call home maybe a backslider. Father, we pray for one who has never made their calling and election sure that you draw them by your Spirit to Christ this evening. May they be born again. May they be by faith washed in the blood. And Lord, we pray you'd save them for time and throughout eternity. Glorify your name and glorify your Son. 
and enable me to speak well of him. For I ask it for Jesus' name and for Jesus' sake. Amen. This man, Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, we're told. He's off the sect of the Pharisees. If you want the Jewish church, if we want to put it into more of a modern day example. And he comes to Jesus by night. The strange thing is about Nicodemus, his name means victory. Victory. Yet there was no victory in salvation for Nicodemus because he was trying to be victorious by his own works, through his own arms, and doing his own deeds. Actually, his name, Nicodemus, Nico is where you get the sports brand with the tick on it, the Nike or Nike. And that's where it comes from for victory. And so this man comes to the Lord Jesus in John chapter 3 in our reading. And in our reading we're told that he comes at night, afraid that maybe his friends would see. Cautious that others would see him coming to this preacher from Galilee. There he comes in the darkness of the night. And if you want, maybe he's a little ashamed to be seen talking to this man. We find that the Lord Jesus speaks to him freely, speaks to him openly, even though Nicodemus came to him in the dark and in secret. He comes and he wants to know how is it that you do these great miracles and there's more to you, Jesus, than I can figure out. There's more to you, Jesus, than I can work out. There's more to you that I need to know. Maybe there's someone, some man or some woman or some young person, and you've said that. I'm interested. There's more to Christ. There's more to Jesus. And I would like to know, but maybe I'll come, as it were, in the darkness of the night or in the secrecy of my thoughts without going to friends or family in case they find out that really something's happening that I know there's more to Jesus than meets the eye. There's more to this man that I can work out and there's more that I need to know. Maybe I'm speaking to someone like that this evening. Yet you find yourself here. I'd be ashamed. I'd be embarrassed maybe if I knew Christ as my Savior. I'd be maybe ashamed and embarrassed if I was asked to take, as it were, my stand for him to kneel my colors to the mast and go in to work tomorrow morning. And the guys in workplace will say, I heard you were at the drive-in, or I heard that you got saved last night, or maybe they haven't heard it all, and you'd be just too ashamed. How would I get the strength to tell people that I have come to a saving knowledge and a saving faith in Christ? Friend, I can tell you, the man and the woman who truly come to Christ and are saved. They're so glad to be born again, to have the 
the weight of their sin thrown off their shoulders because they have been washed in the blood of the Lamb and they've, they've wrestled maybe for so long but they've now given their lives to the Savior that they're delighted, they're encouraged, they're enabled. They have the unction to tell people without shame that they belong to Christ. When I got saved, the third day after I got saved, I was walking down the shore road in Belfast. And I caught up through a little street. And there, my drug dealer pulls up in a car beside me. Ken, he shouts out the window, you want to see the stuff I've got in? I'll have it for the weekend. And I'll never forget it. I turned to him and I named him by his name and I said, I will never be buying drugs of you again. And his reply was, why are you dealing with someone else? I could make a deal with you because he used to come out to parties and we used to give him hundreds and thousands of pounds. I said, I'm doing a deal with no other dealer. But rather, I got saved on Sunday evening. His first words to me were, what are you up to? What have you done? And I said, I've done nothing. But Christ has saved my soul. Unashamed and unafraid to tell him. And his last words to me were this. I write, I'll see you at the weekend. He's still waiting. Because Christ gave me the strength. Christ delivered me from my sin and from the drugs. And Christ took me in to himself. And led me on. Yes, I had hard times. And yes, I had tempting times. And yes, I had difficult times. And yes, I had to dig deeper times. But I can tell you, friend, and I mean this, and God is my witness. From the moment Christ entered into my life, and from the night He saved me by His sovereign grace, And from that evening, by faith I was washed clean in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave me His Spirit. He gave me of His Spirit to enable me. And I have never once taken another drug nor drank another alcoholic drink. In 25 years. A man who the doctor said. You're killing yourself. A man who the counselors told me. More or less in other words. We can't do anything with you. But Christ met me. Christ came to where I was. Because I couldn't come to him. 
he came to me. And he saved me. And he forgave me. And he washed me. And he covered me. And he cleansed me. And he made me a child of God. Friend, I'll tell you here and I'll tell you now. The heart that truly, the heart that fully trusts in him, they'll find they're never disappointed. That Christ will never let you down. The heart that is given wholly to Jesus is a soul plucked as a brand from the burning off the broad road to destruction and find they're in the new way, the narrow path, the straight gate. They're on the road to glory. Friend, that can be you this evening. If you're not saved, that can be you, friend, I'll tell you. I spent many a night not knowing whether I'd make it in the morning, not caring if I'd make it in the morning. I spent many a time in a police station, many a time questioned, But Christ has taken it from me. I spent many a time on the wooden floorboards of a drinking den week after week after week sleeping there addicted controlled shackled burdened the yoke was on my neck and the devil had me in his clutches and in his claws. But Jesus came along and he touched me. And I will never be the same. I can never be the same. Here was a man whose name means victorious. And little did he know. He was not victorious over anything in his life. But rather, he was on a broad road to destruction. He comes to Christ at night. A secret rendezvous. A secret meeting. And maybe you're in your heart, in your mind. Maybe in your bed at night. You've had many a secret meeting with God in your head. But only God if you help. Oh, don't let me die this evening. Help me to wake up in the morning. I fear that death is upon me. Friend, I was there. But oh God, when he comes in to the situation... And it may be the darkness of night like Nicodemus. He brings you from darkness into his marvelous light. Nicodemus comes. And he wants to know more of this Christ. He wants to know more of the one who's doing the miracles in Galilee, 
in Judea, in Jerusalem. He wants to know more about him, for he says that no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. You see, friend, he had a perception of God. God is with you. Oh, yes, God was with him, all right. But more than that, here at the end of our reading in John 3, and in verse 13, listen what Jesus says. And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. What is Jesus saying? This is what Jesus is saying. Oh yeah, God was with this man, but God was in this man. He says, I'm speaking to you now, but I'm also in heaven. I'm talking to you now, but I'm also in the glory. He is the Son of God. He is the great eternal spirit. He is God of very God, and he is a man from very man. And he says there's more Nicodemus and friend to see him. To see him as a man who has God with him is not enough. To reverence him as a prophet is not enough. But one must believe he came down from heaven. And that he is God. He is the Son of God. He is the Almighty God in the flesh. This man with all his religion could not see the one he opened the scrolls with on a Sabbath with his brethren was the one whom the the prophets had spoken of. And he is God's only begotten Son. He is the Word of the Father that was with God and is God. Here we find this Nicodemus comes at night. And here he finds more than he bargained for. And Jesus tells him in John chapter 3, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. In other words, except a man or a woman be born again, they cannot perceive the things of the kingdom. Heaven is a furry tale. God is a figment of imagination. Jesus at the most is a man who walked Galilee and Judea and Samaria. But when a man and a woman know and come to saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, they realize that it took God of very God to come down from the heavens to be formed in the body of a man to live a life they couldn't live, to keep the law they couldn't keep, and to die in their room and in their stead as their substitute on the cross that they may be forgiven of their sins. It takes the Holy Spirit of God, friend, to open the eyes of a man and of a woman. If you're 
having that strange warming in your breath, that interest in the mind about this man who is the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed of the Father. There's more to him and you know it. You're starting to be intrigued, as it were, by him. And really something you cannot deny is happening. Friend, that is the tug of the Spirit of God. Jesus says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born again? I'm a man, how can I enter into my mother's womb? I came through the birth canal, the natural birth canal, and grew up as a man. How does a grown man enter into his mother's womb the second time to be born again? You see, men in their mentality tend to think as a man, as a woman. Men and women in their mentality tend to see no further than their mindset. How can this happen? How can a man enter into his mother's womb and be born a second time? How does this work, Jesus? Listen to the Master's reply. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into. Verse 3, he cannot see. Verse 5, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Born of water and the Spirit means born from above. The Holy Ghost dropping into a man. He drops into a woman. Birthed from above. The spiritual womb of heaven. The spiritual womb of glory. Must birth the man. And must birth the woman. In order for them to be born again. Notice what he says in verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Capital S, spirit. That means the Holy Spirit. That he comes. The Holy Spirit comes to the spirit of the man and of the woman. That which is born of the Holy Ghost will live according. To the leading of the Holy Ghost. Jesus then says. Marvel not. Don't be surprised that I said unto thee. You must. Be born again. You must. Not you might have to. You must. Be born again. Before I round this up. There's something I want you to notice tonight. In John 3, Nicodemus comes to Jesus by night. He comes like a secret disciple. 
And there he speaks with the Lord and he's told that the wind bloweth where it listeth and I canst hear the sound thereof and canst not tell whether it cometh nor whether it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. You see, people who are born again are supposed to be different than the world. We're supposed to be different than this world system. Nicodemus, when he leaves the master, you know we only read of him in five times in all of the New Testament. Nicodemus, when he leaves the master, we find him again in John chapter 7. John chapter 7. Here the his Pharisee Jewish brethren. These Judaizers from Judaism are around him speaking of how they can uh, trap Christ, destroy Christ. John chapter 7. If you would let your eye run down to verse 50. Notice, out of it all, Nicodemus raises his head and then he raises his voice. Nicodemus saith unto them, He that came to Jesus by night, being one of them, doth not our law judge any man before it hear him and know what he doeth? Do you know what he's saying to them? Hold on a minute, men. Let's not be too hasty to try and rubbish this man, to try and rid ourselves of this man. Let's not be too hasty, but let's wait. What does the scripture say about this man? At night he's afraid. He comes to Jesus at night. Now in the midst of his brethren, this man, Nicodemus, starting to find his namesake, starting to find the victory, starting to become victorious. Hold on, man, he says, and maybe you've got uh, some around you who would want to get rid of this speak about Jesus. Your workplace your street, your family, your home. Don't talk to me about him. I think uh, we've heard enough about him. Listen, if you tell us any more about this man, Jesus, we're going to uh, have to remove ourselves from you. Then, friend, uh, remove themselves they may, but Christ will never leave you nor forsake you. Nicodemus is changing. One minute we find he's a secret disciple. Now we find he's starting to stand up. Oh, he's not professing it, but he's saying, hold on, guys, there's something more to this man that meets the eye. And he's challenging them with the word, with the word of God. Friend, we find him one more time. In chapter 19. John chapter 19. 
Verse 38. Jesus has been crucified. He cried, it is finished, and he hung his head on a pulseless breast, and he gave up the ghost. Verse 38 of John 19. After this, Joseph of Arimathea being a disciple of Jesus, notice, but secretly, for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him leave. He came therefore and took the body of Jesus. Verse 39, take note. And there came also Nicodemus. No longer in secret. No longer being even mealy-mouthed or holding back that he knows this Christ. And there came also Nicodemus, which at first came to Jesus by night and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes and took a hundred pound weight and they took the body of Jesus and wound it in linen clothes with the spices as the manner of the Jews is to bury. Here we find him. The last mention of him. And now he's out in the open. Can you imagine for a Jew to touch anything that was dead, made them unclean? This is at Passover. When the lambs were taken to Jerusalem, thousands of them were slain as if it was to appease God by the shedding of the Lamb's blood. But here, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world, the Lord Jesus Christ, he has given his life. And now Nicodemus comes out. In the dark, he was speaking to a living man. In the Sanhedrin among the Pharisees, he spoke to them of a living Christ. And now at Calvary, at Golgotha's Hill, at the place of the cross, he's there with the body of a dead Savior. And he brings aloes. And he brings myrrh. Now as I come to a close, please think of this. He take down the battered, the bruised, and the bloodied body of Christ. They take down, as we're told, the body of Jesus. And they're taking him for preparation, for burial. They would have had to wash him. Nicodemus would have had to get down. The matted, matted hair with the sweat. The matted hair with the blood congealing around down his face. The blood that matted the hair 
of the beautiful Savior. As they had driven the thorns into his brow. Matted hair he would have had to wash. The lovely face of the man he came to, as it were, see dimly out at night, but yet was burning in his breast while he talked to the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin. Now he sees him lying dead. That beautiful face is marred more than any man's. And he washes the face of Christ. He takes his body, his body stripped naked on the tree, stripped naked. And he straightens him out. He takes the mare. He takes the aloes. Starts to wipe with the other. The blood. The sweat. The mucus. That came from the Savior's body. He sees... The nail-scarred hands. He washes them. He sees the nail-scarred feet. As they're being washed. And he looks and sees a gaping wound. Where the soldier's spear. Went through. Under his ribs. And put. And pierced the Picardian sack around the Savior's beating heart that had just expired and filled as he hung gasping, now filled with fluid and with blood, pours out on the cross. And there this man Nicodemus was among the number who seen him on his riven side and washed his beaten body. And he washed his blood. Wounded for me. Wounded for me. There on the cross, he was wounded for me. Gone my transgressions. And now I am free. All because Jesus was wounded for me. This same Jesus found me in my sin and shame. And 
save me. Born of the Spirit. And washed in the blood. Oh, how I love him. Friend, he's a wonderful saviour. He's a glorious Lord. He's the beautiful Christ. The beautiful Christ. I can tell you, he who came down from heaven and who went on the cross and he whom they prepared his body was laid on the tomb. Praise him, the story does not end there. Because up from the grave, he arose with a mighty triumph for his foes. He arose, the victor from the dark domain, and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose. He arose. Hallelujah. He arose. Friend, Jesus is alive. He's coming again. But he's not coming to be beaten. Nor as the Lamb of God. But he's coming as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Of the root of David. For he hath prevailed. He is the one who is victorious. Do you know him? Friend I'll tell you. I'm amazed at myself. Every time I think of him, and every time I think of who I was, oh, and he saved me. I'm glad, and I'm grateful. And I told the people this morning, the old Puritan Samuel Rutherford said, For since he hath looked upon me, my heart is not my own. He hath run away to heaven with it. Christ owns my heart. He saved my soul. He's purchased my life. And he'll do the same for you. May God bless you this evening. In this wonderful, wonderful evening. I'm going to be down at the corner. If you're not saved, come talk to me. Please, don't leave without knowing him. I'll be standing at the corner and waving, saying hello, but don't you worry, come right up to me. Tell me you need to get to know this Christ. And I'll just love to lead you and point you to the Savior. May God bless each and every one of you and thank you again for coming this evening. We're going to sing again, Glenn.